Hi guys, welcome back to the Complex Minds podcast. So this is part two of our conversation with our guest in Suicidal Thoughts. And if you didn't listen into part one, just a recap of what we did discuss. We discussed their experiences with suicidal thoughts and also some misconceptions that are portrayed in the media and just attached to suicidal thoughts and suicide in general. We hope you enjoy listening to part two. Thanks for coming back. So first, how would you describe this feeling to someone who's never experienced it in a sentence or two? For me, it was so numbing and isolating. Mm -hmm. I was cutting off from everyone and everything. I was forcing myself to be alone so that no one would have to feel the guilt if I did end up killing myself. And I think that that's like a lot of people feel the feelings of feeling numb and isolated and those are like two of the main big categories that people feel and so i think that's like a good way to describe what people go through yeah i agree to that and then one more really fast question what is one thing you would tell people that don't experience it about this just like one thing like for you i mean like speaking personally what is something that's super important to you that you want them to know i know it's hard to narrow down one thing but just like we always try to see like at least one takeaway so like you, what do you want their takeaway to be For people who are suicidal and not, I will say that this is one thing that's always come up in my conversations about this is suicide hotlines. Mm -hmm. They're there for help. They're there to help you. But for the people that are not suffering through suicidal ideation or active um, suicidal ideation, do not call them because you're taking away from the volunteers and the people that can help those people who are going through a crisis. There's a bunch of other great resources that can help you and I think those those hotlines should be for the people that feel that way because I know for a lot of people who have tried to call them they've been hung up on or put on hold and that is not something that you should be feeling when you're suicidal I think it's honestly really ridiculous you're put on hold Mm-hmm. for a suicide hotline like you're there to get immediate like seek and relief the last question uh what are some active like warning signs that you want to tell people about just to look for i think when people start to i think like if you want to go off of like the very basic ones um people giving things away mm-hmm. that they mean a lot people stopping like doing things they enjoy like say like being in bed a lot like yeah. if they don't go out a lot not wanting to hang out with friends, rejecting those offers. Yeah, basically just, like, pulling back from how they usually are. Yeah. That's saying that, like, people with high-functioning, like, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that, those people exist completely and their feelings are valid. And I think it's important to check in on everyone to make sure they're okay. But people who are in that very active state are more likely to pull back from things. So they lessen the blow of when they actually try and commit. Yeah. I know we didn't really ask you about, like, your full story, like, past first attempt, but honestly, like, past that's really not important. I mean, the struggle is a struggle no matter what. Yeah, and it's Um, also, like, people don't need to get ideas. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yes. Um, First of all, just because, like, if you've only attempted once, that doesn't make you less struggling. Um, So, like, don't take takeaways from us. Be like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that to be qualified as blah, blah, blah. No. That sounds mean, but no. And also the don't listen to it, like I said. Advil, it's slowly, it slowly hurts you. So it's like someone will notice before then. It's just slow and painful. I know a lot of people, like me personally, the last thing I wanted to do was do it painfully. Like that was like, I was just like, I want to do this some way where I'm not like physically hurt, but I'm gone from the world. And it doesn't work. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't work. It's just going to set you back. I mean, actually, this is really 
really, really important. I mean, I'm gonna tell my part of this first, but school after, intense. And like, I will say if like you try something like that with like Advil and right before prom is when it happened for me. So like, it was a lot. I had to come back. I had to go through like pretend to be happy and all of that. I mean, like I was doing schoolwork in the psych ward. Like it's so much. And that's the whole student perspective of this is like, how are we supposed to manage that with school? First of all, I mean, cause I had a teacher who I reached out to who I was like, Hey, I'm in the hospital right now. Like, is there any way that you can let me make up this quiz? Her syllabus said no. She said no. And I was like, this is ridiculous because I'm not going to tell you why I'm in the hospital, but I feel like I shouldn't have to tell you why in order for you to let me do this. Yeah. But like coming back to school after struggles like that, it's so hard. And like for you specifically, no one knew. Mm-hmm. For me, I mean, quite a few people knew because I talk a lot, like I said. But like jumping back into normal life after that, it's really hard. So like if you can support people like after they come back, like please do. If they need extra help with stress, with homework, with anything, help them out. That is the one time I will say that like acting is not like a therapist, but just like a crutch to lean on. That's when it's more helpful. I mean, how was that experience for you? I mean, for me, like coming back, like the day after it happened, you know, like my parents didn't know. No one knew. I went to school and acted like it was all normal Mm -hmm. and it very much wasn't. That was like one of the days where I felt the worst I have ever felt in my life. I felt so much grief and guilt. Still, I was still feeling suicidal. It, it wasn't like it just went away after yeah. I, my failed attempt. Like, it, that's not how it works. And no one knew, so I had to, like, put on this fake persona of, like, everything's good and everything's chill and I'm not dying inside, but I am. Yeah. I want to respond to that a little more. I feel like it's almost not made for those who have attempts to adjust back into society. I feel like... It's almost just, like, not a thing that was expected to happen, I guess, or at least prepared for. And it's, like, nothing is really made to help get back. Like you said, your teacher did not make an exception for you. And it's, like, why do we not have exceptions for people? Like, I understand, like, there are certain, like, strict set of rules, but it's, like, leeway yeah, is important. like, mm-hmm. you should have some exceptions. Like, if someone's literally in the hospital and you're, like, no, it's in my syllabus. Why? Society just isn't, I guess, made... I don't want to say made to like handle us, but it's like it almost like it doesn't have like a little specific category for us. Mm-hmm. Society dictates what you do. You're supposed to go to work, sleep, go home mm-hmm. and repeat that pattern. And it's almost like it doesn't have room to fit in for mental health struggles. Yeah. Really, really quickly. I just want to add when you're in that moment, you're not sitting there thinking what happens if I fail. So like mm-hmm. that does not come to mind. So all the feelings after that are so overwhelming because you didn't plan for it to fail. They're also so different than how, like, you ever feel in the beginning. The feelings I felt afterwards are nothing like the ones I felt yep. before. Yeah. Because you feel, like, immense guilt about wishing it worked from the point that you did not have to deal with the fact that you just tried and it failed. Like, it's so much worse. Mm-hmm. Like, you're sitting there and you're like, well, now I have to deal with this. Like, not only could you not take what you're already dealing with, but now it's added on this fact. Plus, you're being supervised. You're being blah, blah, blah. Like, my parents are afraid to leave me home alone. When they go on vacation, I have to have a friend sleepover. Like, when I'm sad, I have to have a babysitter. Like, that's just how it works. And no, not, like, an actual babysitter. Like, one of my friends. But, like, I mean, it's annoying. But, like, those precautions, it's really important. Also, going back to what Catherine said... I think that people just expect that suicidal people will kill themselves eventually, which is something I've heard a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so, so invalidating. Like, 
It's almost like you're already giving up on the person. Yeah, mm-hmm. you cannot just assume that people will give up on their struggles. I mean, that's just basically telling people who are suicidal, you're not going to get better. Yeah. Like, no, all suicidal people will not commit suicide eventually because there is ways to overcome it. And if you are the type of person who says that, I mean, I don't think you'll be listening to this podcast because... Why would you? Why would you waste your time, apparently? Like, mental health has seriously been prioritized a lot more than other years, which I appreciate, yes, um... But I think a lot of that advocacy is not coming from people who struggle. And absolutely, that is the biggest issue with it because they are spreading awareness, but they do not know how to accommodate. They do not know what awareness they're spreading. It's also yeah. a lot of the times false. Yeah. yeah. So like, this is not to rudely call anyone out. Having a like mental health check-in form, that is important. But if you like immediately turn and report someone for struggling... It's just not helpful. If they need to be reported, most likely someone's already seen it. And I'm not saying don't report people, but like if you're gonna give people resources like check-ins, support, you should not make that turn against them immediately. Like I know personally, I had to get called into the guidance counselor's office and it just felt like I was being bombarded when my parents already knew about it. Like it was just intense. And I'm very happy that schools are implementing some things to help students, but like, actually I would personally really love to do this. They should have someone with them to make those decisions who gives them voices their opinion about how they can make it better. Like put a student on board and have them help because grown adults cannot make decisions for kids. They cannot make decisions for mentally ill kids and they cannot help people that they don't know how to help. Yeah, I think it would be so beneficial, especially because these adults that are making these decisions are people that did not grow up when we are growing up. Yep. I mean, yes. Especially where we live, academic pressure, everything insane absolutely i think that like having someone who went through those things and who has gone through possibly what what we are going through now would be so helpful because it's instead of how these adults felt when they were children it's different now because of the things that have happened in recent years yep it's like a difference of perspective in regards to that. It's like they grew up in time when mental health wasn't really embraced or even talked about or seen as like something that was like almost a myth with which obviously it's not but society just looked down upon it more so than it does now and it's just that difference of I guess not understanding what teens are going through now versus what they did when the adults in charge of let's say our school were thinking back then or went through because there's different events happening there's different circumstances all of that I also had an experience with being called into administration twice now by two different teachers And I was honestly just annoyed because it's like my parents know, my therapist knows. It's just annoying. And it's like, yes, they technically have to because school teachers, school administration are mandated reporters. They are doing their job by the standards of what the state says, government, what have you. It's just annoying and not helpful in the long run. I called called in. I had to miss class time. I had to make up the work. And I was like, I was like, bruh, like, I don't have to be here at all. It's not beneficial because everyone in your life who needed to know knows, knows, there's no benefit of you getting called in if they already know because then you're just wasting your education. And I think that's also important for, like, students who are going through this during school. Our mental health is important, but also, like, if everyone who's important knows, there's no point in trying to fix the problem at school when you could just be letting these students who are dealing with the problems on their own stay in class and learn. I mean, it's technically not their bad because, yes, they didn't know that, like, my mom or my therapist knew, so it's also a difference of perspective 
to that. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I think we need to have a better system. I think definitely, like Lucy said, the teachers should have gone to you first before actually reporting it and questioned you about it to see. And maybe like you could say, oh, well, what if the kid's lying about it? Well, okay, then I, I don't really know what to say, but at least like go through the process of trying to talk to the student first versus then almost, I guess you could say, going behind their back and not even giving them a warning. Because I think you should at least give someone a warning. Yeah, and going back to that, like, this is obviously a huge and difficult topic to handle. Like, like when going around to handling this, like, honestly, there's never going to be a method that, like, works 100% of yeah. the time. Um, and that doesn't mean that we can't help. But I do think that it should go up to, like, a state level. Because the fact that teachers are mandated reporters, for one, I think not an investigation needs to be launched, but maybe just, like, on a separate time where they're not in class, have a trained professional come in and talk to them. Yeah. Professionals can judge, are they lying? Is this what's happening? Are they okay? If then they are not okay, then take those steps. But if they are, then like, do not take them out of class. Do not take them somewhere where they don't need to be. Interrupt their learning. Like, I understand that teachers are doing their jobs. I understand that they're trying to help. And that's going back to people making laws, rules about things they don't understand. It's like, men making laws about women's bodies like <laughs> yeah you can't you can't go and make laws on a spectrum that you don't understand you've never been involved in and that works for so many different topics that i think like my one i'd say suggestion is having someone who does understand it in charge of that and that doesn't mean that teachers like can't report people like i understand that's what's in place now i'm not attacking any teachers like it's it's no one's fault. It's just like we need to have more advocates actually involved in the situation rather than just having them say, let's do it. And then other people do it. Yeah. It's just that teachers pick up on things that they think they know a lot about. But they don't. There's a bunch of misinformation out there. Yeah. And that's what we hope this podcast does. It spreads awareness what suicidal thoughts actually are and look like. And I guess not like media's perspective on it. And that is all. Thank you, guest. We appreciate you. Thank you for speaking with us. Peace out. Um, that's like the end of our interview with the guests. We don't really need to debrief because we debriefed a lot and interjected (laughs) a lot with our guests. But I do think that, I mean, take away from this, just support, seek professionals. Do not try and take it on Don't be afraid to report your friends or someone you care about even if you think they'll hate you. Because in the long run, it's better to have them alive than not. And we appreciate listening. If you have anything you want us to talk about, please email, email us. us. ComplexMinds99 at gmail.com. This is Catherine. And Lucy. Out. See you guys next time. We outie.